So in yesterday's episode, I alluded to a TEDx talk um, that my buddy Kenny spoke at talking about mentorship, but I actually got to speak at that TEDx event as well. Uh, my friend invited me uh, to to come and do a 12-minute presentation on what we call content-based networking, basically this idea that you can instantly connect with anyone that you want to connect with by collaborating with that person and creating content with them. So in the context of our business, uh, we invite people to be a guest on our podcast, we build a genuine relationship with that guest, and then we end up doing business with them. So getting to share that strategy on a TEDx stage was something that I was incredibly honored to do. I was, I was excited about doing. Um, if, if I'm honest, uh, initially when I was asked, I, I thought, man, um, you know, TEDx isn't, isn't the TED stage. Uh, so uh, initially didn't think that TEDx was, you know, that, that big of a deal. Didn't think it was all that important. And then I realized that some of the most popular TED Talks on the TED website were actually originated as TEDx talks. And so after finding that out, um, you know, got, got, uh, got a lot more excited about doing the TEDx talk. All that to say, I poured an enormous amount of time into scripting my talk, practicing my talk. I basically memorized the entire talk from front to back, practiced it uh, probably over a hundred times, if I'm honest, um, went through section by section and memorized each section, uh, got, to, got to Minneapolis, uh, and the day before the event, uh, ran through it multiple times the night before the event, ran through it again. The morning of the event, I just, I felt, uh, I, you know, I felt really good about being able to get up on stage and deliver the talk with no flaws whatsoever. Um, this has been my approach to uh, my two other larger speaking opportunities. Uh, so I've, this will be the third time that I have basically memorized a talk and uh, presented it in front of people. My first talk was in front of about 750 people uh, in Vancouver. I was emceeing an event and got to do the intro, like the opening for the event. That one went really, really well. Uh, the second event I did was more driven by a slide deck, and it was about how to start a podcast, and uh, it was a much smaller group of people, probably 35 or 40 people at that event. Uh, and this event, uh, I knew wasn't going to be uh, an enormous group of people because uh, the university that put the, or the college that put the event together intentionally didn't want the public to be there. They just, they just invited select number of students. But I knew that it was gonna be a big deal because uh, the video of this talk was going to get submitted to the TED website and that we'd be able to use uh, for a lot of our marketing for several years to come. And so I was, I was taking it very seriously. Uh, I practice this talk a ton, and then I get on stage, I go to deliver it, and uh, about a little, probably uh, right around the halfway mark, I could not stop shaking my leg. My leg was like shaking uncontrollably, I'm, I'm assuming because of nerves, and I tapped my foot on the stage to try to get my foot to stop shaking, and when I did that, uh, it it rattled my it rattled my think, thinking. Uh, I lost where I was in the script, and uh, I, I it, it just jarred me. And so um, I tried to skip ahead a few lines, 
and uh, and I just couldn't recover. I ended up blanking on stage, could not remember where I was, couldn't remember what the next line was, and literally the most terrifying thing that could have possibly happened uh, to me in that moment happened. Uh, I completely blanked. After all of that preparation, after memorizing the talk frontwards, backwards, sideways, um, I, uh, <laughs> it, I got to a point in the talk that I had never had a glitch on uh, one time during all of my prep, uh, I flew through that portion of the talk every single time I practice it. But for whatever reason, uh, when it got when it when it came to game time, uh, I completely blanked and uh, had to pull out my phone, look at my notes, and uh, then went right back into it. Uh, part of me wanted to just walk off the stage, um, but fortunately, I didn't. Uh, I, I had the, the the foresight to know that hey, this is recorded, so. They can, they can fix this little glitch in post-production. And, uh, and so I pulled out my phone, looked at my notes, uh, saw where I was, regathered my thoughts, and then I ended up finishing the talk, uh, what I thought to be was in, in a pretty strong way. So it ended up being fine. It just sucks that uh, I did not deliver it. Um, I didn't, I, I, all of that memorization ended up, I think, hurting me. Uh, the upside is that I ended up posting about the experience on LinkedIn and just say and just said, hey, I, you know, I botched my first TED talk, uh, but I survived. You know, the worst thing that I thought could have possibly happened happened, and I'm still living. So you know, it's uh, you know, here's to punching fear in the mouth and doing things that scare us anyway. Uh, and it ended up going viral. I think it got over eighty thousand views on LinkedIn, tons of engagement, and a lot of people that commented on the post basically said, "Hey, this has happened to me before, or I know of somebody that this has happened to." Uh, you know, for your next one, you should try not memorizing the entire talk verbatim, and instead just know your outline really well. Know like the five or six sections of your talk, and then memorize your transition statements. So the statements that you know are going to take you from one section to the next. I thought that was really, really helpful advice um, because I was so in my own head about memorizing this basically 12-minute monologue that because I got thrown off in, you know, one line threw me off, um, it it forced me to blank on on everything, as opposed to understanding my five or six big stories or or sections, and then just having to memorize five or six lines that are transition statements wouldn't have been nearly as overwhelming. I I could have uh, I communicated from the stage in a much more natural conversational way. Um, and I wouldn't have been in my head as much as I was and probably wouldn't have <laughs> botched it the way I did. Uh, and then I got another piece of feedback from one of the executives at the college uh, that saw the, the that saw my presentation. And he said, man, you know, when James was on, on stage, I felt like we got a completely different James than when we did at lunch after the event. You know, he talked with, he was very expressive with his hands, talked with his hands a lot at lunch, but on stage, it was very robotic. Um, it was it was like he you know memorized a script. Obviously, not something super fun to hear, but it's great feedback to get that the next talk that I do, um, not I don't have big aspirations to be a public speaker by any means, but I imagine that over the course of the next next several years, I'll probably get a handful of opportunities to speak, and. Um, if that's the case, I'm going to try this new approach, this approach of memorizing uh, just transition statements and then having a firm understanding of what my overarching outline is. What are those five, six, seven sections of the talk that I want to make sure that I cover? But instead of 
making sure that I say those lines verbatim, I just in my head know, hey, this section, this is what I want to communicate. This is the this is the end result that I want to share. And I can almost I don't want to say wing it because I'll still practice, but I will just have a much looser approach to communicating what I want to communicate as opposed to thinking that I need to stick exactly to the script. Uh, and I don't want to come across as robotic. I, I want to come across as authentic. I think that's a big part of my personal brand is, is being vulnerable, being authentic, being real. And so it's incongruent for me to get up on stage and just uh, read a memorized talk because that's not authentic. It's not conversational. Um, and, uh, and so uh, really excited to implement that feedback for the next talk that I do, but wanted to record this and uh, for, for my grandkids listening to this, uh, if you ever have a speaking opportunity, uh, hopefully you hear this and it is helpful for you uh, to not try to uh, overwhelm yourself by memorizing an entire talk, but um, just being very familiar with your outline your five or six sections of your talk, and then memorizing your transition statements to get you from one section to the next. So hope this is helpful, uh, and I hope you have a fantastic day.